Howdy folks, welcome back to the Ronin Rabbit, a Yusagi Ojimbo fan podcast. I'm your host, Ed Moore. This is episode 58. If you want to leave feedback, you can do so on the Ronin Rabbit Google Plus page. Send an email to usagipodcast at gmail.com. Leave a comment on the website at bigtimenoise.com slash Rabbit, or look for the episodes when they get posted on the Usagi Ojimbo Dojo Facebook page. Thank you, Steve. This episode, Usagi Ojimbo Volume 2, Issue 2, cover dated May 1993 from Mirage Publications, is the story. Shades of Green Part 2 is the main story, and the smaller secondary story is Usagi's Garden. Now, if you remember from last episode, we have Kakera and the appearance of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to finish up. We roll from that right into this with this issue opening. We see the village, and several of the farmers are patrolling the village, doing what kind of guard work they can. A combination of the fact that they're villagers, uh, tradespeople, farmers, and the fact that they're guarding against ninjas means that a couple of the Nico ninjas, who are the uh, preeminent bad guy this story, are able to infiltrate the village. Now, inside the hut where Kakera, Usagi, Jen, and the Ninja Turtles are, the Ninja Turtles have just appeared pulled from uh, our world, basically, because if you know anything about the Ninja Turtles mythos, they live in the real world, so to speak. Anthropomorphic turtles, how real can that world be? However, so they have been pulled from that world into Usagi's world, a, uh, let's say, another dimension. And so everybody is trying to get their bearings until one of the turtles, and I forget which one it is, Leonardo, recognizes Usagi because previously he and Usagi have appeared in stories together, so they know each other. So Leonardo is the voice of reason with the rest of the Ninja Turtles. You know, hey guys, let's cool it. I know this dude and he's cool. Leonardo vouches for Usagi, basically. So we have an introduction of Kakera, who very much resembles Shredder. Usagi and Jen, and then we know Leonardo from the Ninja Turtles, but we don't have an introduction to any of the rest of the Turtles so far. And just for the purposes of being thorough, Raphael, Michelangelo, and Donatello are the other three Turtles, along with Leonardo, all named after um artists, what kind of art, impressionistic artists, I believe, all those guys are. Eh, they're all the same style anyways. So after the introductions, we have Kakera, who fills in the Ninja Turtles on the story, because he and Usagi and Jen, of course, know what everybody's up against. So the Turtles are brought up to speed. We cut outside, and we see that, probably through sheer luck, one of the guards happens to round a corner of the village and sees the two ninja infiltrators, is able to get out the alarm before they quickly kill him. At the sound of the alarm, the ninjas determine that their mission is now over. They have to leave, even though they probably don't have any more information than they had when they got in. So they're running out... Um, Jen and Usagi and the Turtles and Kakera run to where the ninjas are. They catch up with them. Usagi uh, manages, with the help of one of the Turtles, and I should know which one it is. It's the one that wields the samurai sword, but I 
don't know my turtles well enough. They dispatch one of the ninja as the ninja refuses to uh, give up. He continues fighting. Usagi ultimately has to dispatch him. They were initially wanting to keep one of the ninja alive so they could question him, but that that was not possible in this instance. So they're all gathered around the dead ninja, and they realize, hey, where's Leonardo? You know, one of our guys is missing. So we cut to the woods where the ninja that escaped is running, making his way back home, pretty much. And we see we have several panels of him um, over the river and through the wood, you know, all that kind of stuff as he's going back and forth. Sorry about that. I'm not a singer, I know. Uh, Going back and forth, cutting across his trail, trying to throw off any... Uh, following any pursuit that there might be. However, up in the trees, Leonardo is pursuing him. That higher vantage point is able to keep an easier eye on him no matter how much he crosses and double crosses his path. Ultimately, Leonardo sees that the ninja that escaped uh, capture finally makes his way to what looks to be an abandoned temple there in the woods somewhere. Leonardo kind of, you know, makes a a memory tick of that, looks around, notices that there are sentries completely surrounding this place, realizes that it's pretty well protected, probably fairly well fortified as well. It's not possible for me to make a move on my own. I need to just remember where this place is and get back to the village, to the rest of my brothers. All four Ninja Turtles are supposedly brothers, too. And tell everybody, you know, and we'll come back. We continue following the ninja as he goes into the temple and is confronted by Gunji, who has pretty much set himself up as the Chunin, which we remember from last episode is the, well, that's the executive officer, but I guess a leader, a true leader has not been chosen yet. So Gunji and Kashira Chizu are still battling for actual leadership of the ninja clan. So Gunji is making his move to do that by um, spearheading this particular operation. When it's successful, the rest of the clan will realize he is the one that should be leader, and they will choose him as their leader. The ninja gives a report to uh, Chunin and Kashira, uh, explaining who's in the village, what they're up against, and he throws out that there are two things of interest. Gunji is interested in the fact that the Nikko Ninja says that there are four Kame Ninja there, so he automatically assumes that there is another Ninja clan that has gotten involved, and he's concerned about that. Kashira seems to be piqued when the ninja spy says that there's a long-eared samurai there, too. She remembers Usagi from the Dragon Bellows storyline. I don't believe Gunji probably ever met Usagi. Not that I can remember. He certainly doesn't seem to recognize a a long-eared samurai description. So, Kashira and Gunji uh, talk things over here a little bit, and then... Gunji goes back out and explains the rest of the plan to the assembled Nico Ninja. We are not privy to that plan because it would kind of spoil the story. So instead, we go back to the village. Uh, Mr. Sakai takes us to the village. Our uh, good army, let's say, our 
mulling around, making preparations. They've already been infiltrated. That means that the enemy probably is going to be making a move soon. So they are shoring up their defenses because they certainly feel that something is is on the horizon. The, the, The war, and I'm throwing up big air quotes here and you guys can't see that. So just take my word that I used air quotes with war, is getting ready to truly break out. At this point, one of the turtles, and I don't think he's ever named here, no, but he is the nunchuck turtle, it looks like, is uh, finally realizing something about the situation, and that is that everyone is an animal. You know, this, this universe is populated with anthropomorphic animals, and that's really weird for the turtles, because their world is human with the occasional freaks that they combat, but even the leader of the freaks is a human. And then the only anthropomorphic animals, really, that they run into, except for an occasional bad guy, is the four of them and their sensei shredder. So, very different worlds. We know from Usagi's world that there is also um, a smattering or maybe more of humans around uh, but mostly it's reversed you know more anthropomorphic animals than human the turtle's world is the opposite of that so the turtle is noticing that and trying to ask kindly or, or nicely about that but he's not being very uh, fluent in in how he's saying it and usagi of course without trying to be mean truly doesn't understand what the turtle is getting at because uh, Usagi's world is is the world. It's it's what there is. So finally, they they come to an agreement that yes, most people in this world are anthropomorphic animals, and that is normal. So let's let's move on. It, kind of an interesting exchange, I guess. Uh, an attempt at a little bit of humor, I think, is again, uh, Mr. Sakai tries to do that with most of his stories, no matter how harsh or how serious it is. There there are those elements of humor. Um, as I kind of pointed out last episode with the animals uh, that pop up fairly frequently. Eventually, later on into the night, uh, a hut on the outskirts of the village is set on fire. Ultimately, the owner starts rushing up because somebody tells him, uh, you know, the word gets to him and he's he's very distraught because all of his belongings, everything that he has is in that hut and it's being burned down. Usagi grabs him uh, because the understanding is that that is probably a distraction. If they go to pay attention to it, the ninja will attack. So we're just going to let this go. We, we understand, but we can't attend to it now. Sure enough... On the south end of the village, or no, I'm sorry, on the north end of the village, which we don't necessarily know where that is in relation... No, we do. Yes, we do. The house is on the outskirts of the south side. On the north side of the village, the ninja attack. The turtles, Jin, Kakara, and Usagi, rush to defend the now exposed north side. Battle ensues. Uh, We have two and a half full pages here. Ultimately, near the end of this sequence uh, of, of battle panels, one of the ninja throws down the smoke bomb. You know, I think ninjas uh, use perhaps hollowed out egg shells or things like that. But 
nasty smoke puffs up, obscures everything, and at that point, when everyone is fully engaged, a smaller group of ninja attack from what is described as the opposite side of the village, which would then, in my mind, be the south side, which is where everyone was. Um, It appears that Kakara stayed there. He didn't go with everyone else to the north side. Kakara stayed on the south end of the village, tells all the villagers to get back because he's trying to protect them, and takes on the four ninja that attack with Gunji in the lead. So there's five ninja. Just as that starts, Leonardo reappears, and I see here that Leonardo has the samurai sword. Um, So that means that the turtle that carries the nunchucks is the one that was discussing the anthropomorphic animals. Leonardo appears, takes up the battle with Kakara, Several panels there of fighting ninjas until ultimately one of the ninjas throws ninja dust in Leonardo's eyes. That uh, hobbles him a bit, but then a sword stroke from one of the other ninjas lays Leonardo out. On the north side, the smoke clears. The three turtles, Jen and Usagi, are finally able to see and get their bearings The attack is off. The ninjas are gone. Usagi immediately realizes, quick, let's go back to where we were because that's where Kakara is. And also that is where potentially the ninjas are because they're not here. So they run. They find Leonardo uh, incapacitated. They help him up. And we are told by Leonardo that ultimately he was not able to repel the attackers that Kakara was captured by the Nico Ninja Ninja clan. And that's where part two of the Shades of Green storyline end for us. Now, the second story this issue is a young Usagi story. When he was staying with Sensei Katsuishi, So we open with Katsuishi and Usagi tending a garden. Uh, Usagi is lamenting why they have to do this. Turns out the villagers help out Katsuishi and Usagi by giving them vegetable, giving them surplus food in exchange for the sage advice of the sensei, but also for sensei. Uh, protecting the village against any marauding bandits or anything like that. What ensues is a, is a discussion between Katsuishi and Usagi about relying on yourself rather than others. Usagi with the very juvenile, you know, well, it's it's dumb to do this when we can have it given to us, basically. Ultimately, Usagi tells, or excuse me, uh, Katsuishi tells Usagi just to be quiet and just tend things like he's told to do. And Usagi uh, accepts that and, and goes on about his way. The next day, when they wake up, Ketsuishi gives Usagi a uh, sack of seeds. And he tells Usagi that he wants Usagi to go start his own garden. And that uh, Usagi asks why Ketsuishi just says it's a test. If you fail, then you'll have to leave. So it's, it's a very important test. Usagi goes out, picks his plot of ground, plants his seeds. Then over several panels, we see that he uh, is adding fertilizer. He tends to it, takes out the weeds, waters it, 
chases off the Tokagi who are uh, attempting to spoil his plot. A couple panels here is is kind of a comparison. Usagi um, goes to Katsuishi, who is tending his own plot, and it's very lush and vibrant. Well, we know that Usagi's is not. So Usagi lies and says, well, yeah, you know, everything's going fine. Couldn't be better. Several weeks and still nothing is growing. Uh, Usagi as as is at his wit's end. His, his patience uh, is gone because he knows that if he does not succeed in this test, he will be gone. He, he won't be able to study anymore. So he gets frustrated and he curses at the ground and curses the gods and just starts to cry, you know, keep in mind he's this is little little Usagi. And then he comes up on a on an idea. He says the village. So what he plans to do is go to the village, steal some of their plants, plant them in his garden and Katsuishi will never know when it comes time to judge for the passing of the test. So later that night Utsagi uh, wakes up or gets up rather, he probably never went to sleep. Sneaks out Katsuishi aware, we see in one panel. He's awake and he knows that Usagi has left. Usagi goes down to the village, picks out a killer garden plot, and just as he's about to do something, he has to hide back because a couple gardeners go by, and we see them talking to each other. And this, I believe, is is the the telling uh, conversation of this story. The one... Uh, says to the other, we'll have a fine harvest this year, brother. And his response is, we should. We labored hard enough for it. The first one, yawn. Yeah, we really put in a full day's work today. I could sleep for a week. Yeah, me too, but we've got our northern plot to fertilize tomorrow. Let's get home. I bet there's a hot meal waiting for us. Good. I'm famished. And Usagi, we see in in the foreground, says, you know, wow, good. I thought they'd never leave. So he doesn't acknowledge the conversation, but the conversation is important to us for the story. So now he has his chance. He runs down to the vegetable garden, and he's starting to pull up plants. And then the story cuts to the next morning. Uh, The shack where Usagi and Katsuishi stay, as is the custom every morning, Usagi has prepared and waiting a cup of tea for Katsuishi. He presents his tea. He says, here's your tea, uh, sensei, and I have a confession. I fertilized and hoed. I watered and weeded. I did everything, but nothing will grow in my garden. Last night, I went down to the village to steal vegetables to plant in my plot, but at the last moment, I, I just couldn't take them. Not after those farmers worked so hard. I'm sorry I failed your test. I'll leave this morning. And Katsuishi kind of uh, laughs and takes a sip of his tea and said... I would have been surprised if something did grow. You see, I boiled those seeds. They were dead when I gave them to you. Excellent tea, by the way. But the test... Oh, it wasn't a test of farming, Katsuishi says. It was a test of character. Now, fetch some water. We have a garden to tend. And Usagi all smiles, says, Yes, sir, sensei. And so there we go. That's why the farmer's conversation was so telling, is because they were the foil by which Usagi's current behavior was being compared. Not really the introduction of any uh, any terms or anything like that that was new to us. I do want to recognize some folks for some feedback that we've been given. Over on the Usagi Ojimbo 
Google Plus page, there's a couple folks that I want to point out. Uh, the page has been liked by both Dave Slusher and Dr. G, the man of nerdology. Uh, Dave Slusher warrants recognition for his podcast, The Evil Genius Chronicles, as does Dr. G, the man of nerdology, for his Pulp 2 Pixels, and that's the number two, podcast. So thank you both gentlemen for your uh, interacting with the Google Plus page. And by all means, guys, I've listened to both podcasts and both of them well warrant your attention. Um, If you listen to uh, this, this show, not necessarily their shows are the same kind of shows, but they are both very high quality shows, very entertaining and interesting shows of their own. So, by all means, give give them a listen. Also, on Twitter, I want to give thanks to, again, Dr. G, Nerdologist, uh, Alan Middleton, Professor Alan, the Trekker Talk podcast, which is another killer podcast. I would recommend also that you guys give that one a listen. And DSNRS, which is the personal Twitter for Darren and Ruth Sutherland, who are the hosts of the Trekker Talk podcast. In particular, I want to rec- uh, recognize the Sutherlands because they do absolute yeoman's work in liking and um, both Facebook posts and tweets and retweeting things on Twitter and interacting with me um, quite a bit about other podcasts that I do, but also in, in particular, in this case, of course, the Ronin Rabbit podcast. They have recently, I believe, caught up and are up to date on the show. So that is, uh, that is very cool that they put in the extra time to catch up. I appreciate that, and I definitely uh, thank them for their interaction and, and value that very much. Thanks a lot, guys. Next time out, Usagi Ujimbo, Volume 2, Issue 3, from Mirage Publishing, cover dated July 1993. We'll talk to you guys then. Bye. The Ronin Rabbit Podcast is a Teal production, and as such, is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution, Non-Commercial, Non-Derivatives, 3.0, Unported License.